So Christ's moral instruction is usually put in terms of things like love one another as I have loved you, or give to all those who ask of you. But in today's gospel, he also seems to be recommending some pretty unorthodox accounting procedures. Why is Christ commending this dishonest steward? And then does this extend to all dishonest people? To all embezzlers and con artists? Blessed are the cheats, for they shall inherit your savings. It's interesting to look at this unjust steward's original crime. The reason he's going to be dismissed from this, his master's service, he isn't actually accused of stealing. He hasn't been embezzling or taking the silverware down to the pawn shop. Instead, he's accused of squandering, of wasting the master's goods on what is inessential, on things of which the master did not approve. So I don't think I've ever knowingly stolen anything, but I am an expert squanderer. I squander time, I squander money, I can spend hours staring at a TV screen or a computer screen or a phone screen, and I am a real devotee of the four or five dollar cup of coffee. So on the one hand, I might say, well, what does it matter? I worked hard for this time and this money, they're mine to use as I see fit. But in St. Paul's letter to Timothy, from which we heard today, a bit later in the letter, he says, we brought nothing into this world so that we can take nothing out of it. Nothing I have is inherently mine. I've never created a second of time or an atom of matter. And even the things I have worked hard for, I've accomplished them by using the life that God gives me, the intelligence that God gives me, the strength that God gives me. None of this is inherently mine. So squandering the master's resources is the crime, then this steward and I are equally culpable. So what does he do? He knows he's going to be fired. And so he starts to use these same resources, which he's been squandering, what the text calls in Greek, unjust mammon. He starts to use this unjust mammon for the sake of others. He begins to help others with the resources of his master. So, is our Lord now saying, stealing is bad, unless you do it in like a Robin Hood way, where you're stealing from people and then you're going to give it to other people? No, obviously not. This is still not a commendation of dishonest behavior. Instead, what Christ is saying is, if even this jerk realizes that he can address his own sin through opening his heart to others, why is it that you, who are not usually a bunch of total rogues, why do you go on living selfishly? So this is not like a vegetarian who tries to convince you to become vegetarian by saying like, look at Gandhi, he was amazing, it was because he was a vegetarian. This is like the vegetarian who tries to convince you by saying, even Hitler was a vegetarian, the worst person ever, even he got the meat is bad. Christ says that the unrighteous steward is foolish and corrupt, but even he sees what he has to do to make up for the squandering. While we, the children of light, are too slow on the uptake to realize what we're actually being called to do. If this corrupt steward could take the unrighteous mammon of the master and use it for the good of others, how much more should we take the rightful, righteous resources of our master, of the one who created all things, 
the literal master of all that is, and use them for his purposes. In opening our hearts in generosity to others, in caring for others. So the crux of all this is summed up at the end of this parable. When Jesus says that our problem is that we often try to serve two masters, God and mammon, to worship God and to worship money. In John Milton's Paradise Lost, we meet the fallen angel of mammon. And he's the one angel who, even in heaven, never saw God. He lacked the angelic stature. He was always bowed over towards the ground and couldn't even look up towards God at all. For in heaven, his looks and thoughts were always downward bent, admiring more the riches of heaven's pavement, trodden gold, than aught divine or holy else enjoyed in vision beatific. So Mammon the angel is so obsessed with staring down at heaven's metaphorical streets of gold that he could not even look up and see and know God. And we also suffer from the same problem. It sometimes seems like our dollars are the only things that keep us safe, that our wealth is the difference between health and sickness, between eating and going hungry, and that money is the sole determinant of our joy or our desolation. We know intellectually that we need God above everything, and yet we cling to mammon as if it was the one thing more important than he is. But when we try and have God in our lives as a second priority, we don't actually have God in our lives at all. For you cannot be the slave of two masters. God is not one of several good things in our lives, but the source of all the good things in our lives. It's God who provides them and underlies them. We can either love the things of this life in and of themselves, or we can see and know God through those things. But we can't do both. So if you ever put mammon beside God, or if you have ever actually put mammon above God, the solution to this is not feeling guilty about the money that you've squandered. Instead, the solution is realizing just how much God loves you. The solution is realizing how God cares for you and protects you. It's feeling constantly overwhelmed by his generosity and his love towards each of us. And then the way we respond to this generosity is by copying him, is by sharing his love and his goodness with those around us. So when we open our hearts to the poor and generosity, and we put the resources he's entrusted us with at his service, we're not just doggedly doing our duty, doing what we're told. Instead, we're actually growing in freedom. We're growing in grace. And we're getting out from under the cruel thumb of mammon. Christ says, whoever is faithful in very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? We're sometimes tempted to think that giving a dollar to a homeless person or a hundred dollars to a food bank is ultimately kind of a trivial act. You do it, you hope it did some good, but you don't really think about it much again. 
It seems like something you did for someone else's benefit, and that it has very little impact on your own life, except maybe you're now short $100. But in fact, in being faithful with very little, we're actually opening ourselves to beginning to be faithful with very much. In being faithful with the little things that belong to God, you prepare yourself to receive the huge thing which actually belongs to you. So each of us is made in the image and likeness of God. This means that who we really are, what our actual essence is, is a reflection of pure goodness, a reflection of God's intense, infinite love. Your true nature, the essence of your humanity, is infinite goodness and love. But, with the one exception of one particular human, we have, as a species have tended to get pretty off track in all of this. But God is working to change us. He's preparing us for the age to come in which we will be truly restored to our true human nature, to our true humanity. But to get there, we can't just be passive. We have to actively partner with God. We have to willingly accept his grace. Writing in the second century, St. Cyril of Alexandria said, Let those of us who possess earthly wealth open our hearts to those in need. Let us do this so that we may receive what is our own, that holy and admirable beauty that God forms in people's souls, making them like himself according to what we originally were. If you want to stop staring down at the gold pavement and start staring up at God, start by putting your gold to his purposes. Begin to free yourself through generosity to worship the source of all health and safety, the true source of all joy. Smash the idol of mammon through generosity and little by little start to be changed, moving from grace to grace as you grow closer and closer to the kingdom of God. Amen.